This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everybody. This is Rick Campanelli coming to you from my dining room, and you're listening to Tobin tonight. I remembered, this is how good my memory was. I remembered the conclusion of our last one, which was episode 48. I had to look that one up, but I told you to get your own Funko Pop. <laughs> you did. <laughs> you did. This was Because you, this... you got your own, right? Absolutely. I always have my own. This is this is my kind of mock one. No, I'm really kidding. Different I found this color. like... Yeah, yeah, different hair color. color. Like in the back here, not that it's great. I've got like three or four here. Yeah. They're like they're like John Oliver, Conan. Someone gave me an Adam Sandler. Oh, what's the movie? I see this dates me, but it's like the one where he wears a Boston Bruins jersey. Oh, uh Happy Gilmore? There you go. Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore? Yeah. Nice. And then and then I got this one from a friend oh. that was like Joey Tribbiani, but I'm like, you know what? In my <laughs> mind, that this does kind of look like Rick Campanelli. <laughs> When I used to wear the hair down, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, you know. I if, love you, those little things. Those are the cutest little things. Like, if uh, much music obviously has kind of revived itself on TikTok, but I mean, if they ever want to yeah. go like, hey, I know we're getting that young audience, but the older audience is not happy with us. How do we get those back? It's like, how about you come out with some Funko Pops of the last people? And that would be the first one they come out with is Rick Campanelli. And I'd be like, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> See, I didn't even know that that's what they were called. Funko yeah. Pops. Yeah, neither did I. I mean, only for like I used to collect bobbleheads, and then someone was yeah. like, "Yo, it's like I'm gonna collect a Funko Pop." I was like, "You mean a bobblehead?" And they're like, "No, it's like a figure, but you don't unbox it." I was like, "That sounds stupid." <laughs> and then when someone gave me a Conan one, I was like, "This is actually not that bad. They're like pretty cheap, and you just have it on a desk." Like someone at my workplace has like twenty, and they just you know they can just stack them, and then you come over and you're like conversation starter there's like thousands of those things around. yeah the thing about toys when we were kids you say you don't unbox them i used to unbox everything and play with everything that's why i'll never make a cent on on my toys <laughs> on my hockey cards because i never kept them in mint condition i i played i played with them i battered the crap out of them you know my little star wars figurines my wayne gretzky rookie cards my, you know the list goes on and on i never you know looked into the future and and thought to myself, these could be worth thousands of dollars one day. I mean, I had when I was younger, every time I so I had like kidney stones, great way to start the conversation, but I had kidney stones and I had one of every, those. Yeah. Every time I went into surgery when I was younger, the thing to kind of get you like basically, yes, Brian, this is gonna be a pain in the ass, but you'll get a wrestler from it. And yeah. I used to tell people <laughs> yeah. this is how I got my collection of like three hundred wrestlers. They're like three. you had three they're like you had three hundred. I'm like, listen, no, I did not have that many. I have birthdays and everything in between, but every time we had one, I'd get a wrestler. And to this day, when you were younger, you had like student of the, I guess they did it like monthly or weekly. It's yeah. like you just, and I was like, when you think about when you're older, you're like, these kids know me since I've been 
in kindergarten. What's the what the hell is the point in grade four being like, yeah, in case you didn't know that I exist, here's a few things about me you might like. So <laughs> I had like this Triple H wrestler and this yeah. kid named Nathan came over and cracked the leg off of it. And I was like, all right, so there's a surgery that was wasteful, like wasted. <laughs> so was it more of an incentive or more of a reward? I think uh, it's a little bit. A kidney stone. I, I think it was more of a reward to be like, hey, yeah. he's. Yeah. It's, it's something that when you're older, you're supposed to, I guess, know a little bit more about. But as a kid, you're like, yeah. why do I have this, and why is this going to be painful? And they're like, well, listen, just get through it, and you I, get something out of it. Brian, I was just gonna say, I had one of those, and it was the most painful thing I ever had to deal with in life. You've yeah. had multiple. <laughs> Man, I, God bless I, you. I constantly still have them, but it's just one of those things where it's like apparently blasting does the trick. I know there's yeah. an audience out there that's like, you have Ray Campanelli on, and you're talking about kidney stones. <laughs> I feel like, well, that's I'd something like, yeah. we can both relate to. I, I, I experienced that. <laughs> I actually remember. I'll never forget the the day I was on a ET Canada shoot. It was a new reality show. It was on the Food Network, and I think it was the the Great Donut Challenge or something along those lines. Okay. I was in so much pain, Brian, and I'm trying to get through this this interview slash experience of talking to these contestants. And honestly, God, next thing you know, I'm calling up my was she my then wife or my fiance Angie at the time. She had to come. I was in so much pain. I couldn't even drive my car. She drove me right to the emergency at St. Michael's or was it the general one of the hospitals downtown Toronto and they had no room at the inn. So I had to go. I had to go to at least two or three different emergencies at hospitals. And finally, one took me. I forget which one took me. But yeah, I'll never forget that that whole experience. Now you've had you've had this multiple times happen to you, and yeah. I'm not sure if you remember each and every situation that you were in. But uh, I'll, I'll never forget. It was that painful. I remember most of them. Most times they just put you to sleep, or like yeah. I, I remember when you were younger, they put you to sleep. Now they have a thing where it's like you're. It's kind of like they put you to sleep, but you're not really out. But you just you're kind of like on a high so you don't really know about it i was gonna um, say i remember the drugs they gave me oh my yeah. gosh I, I i remember those and those put me on another planet those yeah yeah uh, anyhow, gonna, sorry. I, yeah. I, uh, no, I was gonna I was gonna make a joke there where it's like, yeah, they gave you so much drugs that then you went back to much music and then you were like, Yeah, I think I'm gonna highlight my hair. It's like, all right, <laughs> I don't know what happened, but in fairness, I did that way I think later in life than you did. So it was almost like I had friends at Carlton yeah. that would be like, No, Brian, why why would you do that? And I'm like, you gotta, you gotta I, I think it looked cool. I think yeah. it looks cool. And the next minute it's like, this is horrible. <laughs> It, it does look cool for each and every one of us for a few minutes. But then, like you said, then you, you relook at the pictures and you look back at that those times. And it's like, okay, well, I experienced it once. Uh, yeah. I tried anything once and I did it. I haven't gone back to doing the Platinum Blonde. Uh, yeah. that, that was, gosh, that was, I remember because I was interviewing Christina Aguilera in the window of Much Music, the old Much Music before it was renovated. And I had a bucket hat on and I wanted it to be a surprise because the next day, was yeah. the MMVAs and I was going to unveil my new hair with Britney and, and whoever else was at those MMVAs. And that was like late nineties, but that yeah. was, was all the rage back in the late nineties, man. We, we, we all had the frosted tips going. I want to, I'm always curious about that. Cause I know, you know what, it's kind of interesting. Cause we both, 
I mean, you've done it more than I have. And then there's going to be people like, how dare he compare himself to Rick Campanelli? It's like, well, you know what? It's my show. So I'm going to do what I want to do. But (laughs) like, have you ever had to sit down with like a celebrity like Brittany, Christina or whatever and say, hey, uh, can we do that a little bit over because we didn't get that? Or I noticed something. Oh, my goodness. Brian, when we did things at Much Music, 95% of it was live. You can't do anything over. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Most of the time, you're just meeting the person for the first time when you introduce them into the environment. Now, that was Much Music. And we talked to a lot more artists back then. Now, when it came to ET Canada, sure, that stuff was all recorded. It was all pre-taped. So yes, producers would say, can we try that question again? Or can you give me that answer again? There was more of that going on. Yeah, but at much with all the Britneys and the Christinas and all the other artists, it was ninety five percent of the time it was live. Like that has uh, to be. So there was no there was no do over. That has to be a bit crazy though, because I mean oh. you're you're relatively young at this point. Like I know it's kind of a different environment. Like I grew up watching that, and we discussed this obviously in the yeah. last interviews too. But I mean it's kind of when you actually have face to face. Now I can kind of get reactions too. But like yeah, it's interesting because when I'm watching it as a kid. I'm not really focused as much. Sorry, Rick, on you. I'm focused no, on the act, not. right? Of but like, course. Yeah. when I got older, and I think a real kind of key part of the much music, which I think was a little bit of a have its time, but I would have liked it if it was still around, was like the whole VJ search and yeah. creating that. And then like a part of you is like, all right, whatever. This is like an hour content show that I'm trying to fill something in. But when you get older, you're like, all right this is kind of interesting. Like, how are they going to react when it's like, now you have six minutes to get this out and how are you going to do? And you're like, Oh, what a loser. You couldn't get it out in 60 minutes. But then when you go to school and actually do radio and TV, you're like, I want to go back and rewatch some of that stuff and see Mm. how, even if you had a TV on yourself when you were younger to see how you reacted at that time. And you're, you're probably like, what an idiot. And now you're like, yeah, hold on now. That's actually not that bad for 60 seconds. Yeah. He went (laughs) over, but God, he got through it. Well, the thing too about those live interviews, and I much prefer live interviews, something like this, you know, you, you, you get it out there, you can't, you can't get it back. The other approach made it too polished. Like the ET Canada type approach was too polished and, and going after the best things in the interview, the much music approach was anything can happen with Green Day. Yeah. <laughs> anything can happen with the Red Hot Chili Peppers because <laughs> knowing these guys, anything will happen. And that was the fun. That was the fun of it. You know, we loved when things went off the rails. I preferred when things went off the rails because you don't see that stuff in polished interviews. Whenever that stuff happened, oh man, that's bring more of that on. I, I want more of that. You know, I don't want just the question, the answer, the question answered and, and some interesting answer. That's all good stuff. But when, when weird things start happening, it's amazing. It's amazing stuff. Do you find now, obviously, like, because people talk about, like, obviously on Instagram now, you always see kind of motivational speeches, or I scroll through Instagram and I've been told that my algorithm sucks because of what I see. But it's like, I'm like, all right, maybe you're right because I like one video. And you're like, oh my God, he liked this video. Let's show him the rest of this stuff. Cause like, I'll get ones where it's like, it's like, yeah, if you fail and you never tried, have you ever really failed? I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know where you're going with this, but. I laugh at it. Yeah, but I laugh at like when you say you prefer live interviews, I kind of agree with you in a sense that when they're live or in the moment, like if you mess up, you mess up. But you you then learn like I look back at some of the early interviews I'd done 
And I'll be like, you know what? If these were pre-recorded or someone said, we're going to do this over, it doesn't really feel the same because people exactly. actually didn't see your growth. Like mm. I look back to the first interview I think I did with like Max Kerman of the Arkells and I thought it was great. And then I asked one of my friends that loves the Arkells and he's like, you sound like you just woke up and that Max is boring. I'm like, oh shit. So then I went to Max. I'm like, I'm sorry if I sounded like I was like, you know, not interested. He's like, yeah. he's like, no man, it was, it was fine. But like, I like that he was like, he was, it was fine. Now in his mind, he was probably like, that was okay. But in my mind, right. I'm like, okay, he didn't say it was great. So now how do I improve, improve upon yeah, that? Yeah. So that the next time, like, I don't want to come in here. Like I just woke up with coffee and I'm just like, yes, let's talk about everything. It's like, no, you can be normal. You can. Yeah. That's <laughs> a good point. You can be normal. Well, we're, listen, you and I are both fans. Uh, that's the bottom line. I'm a fan of music. You're a fan of music. I'm a fan of film. You are as well. We love that world. We were fans first before we got the jobs that we have right now. So yeah, yeah. but when you're interviewing someone like John Travolta, who you grew up watching on Welcome Back Cotter and Saturday Night you know, Fever and, and all these amazing, yeah. you know, the world knows these the works of these actors. So you get a little nervous and you get a little hyper that you have to learn. And that was one of my first interviews with a big actor. You do have to learn to reel it in, reel in your excitement and yeah. be normal and be that person that's asking those questions to get those great answers. You know, we're still fans deep down inside and we we still have the butterflies flying all over the place inside, but it's our job now to get the best out of this person you know they may be our hero in front of us we they may be we may have grown up with them on the television or on the big screen and we're huge fans but we still have a job to do and and you learn from that over time and i've learned to settle into my job over time too you know and the more people you talk to it really seems it really tends to settle you down at a fast rate, you know, uh, the more yeah. you do, the more comfortable you feel with, with it. And uh, yeah, but, but those first interviews that I was doing, cause I was, I, I'm, I'm a punk kid from Hamilton that went to go see a, a rock and roll show every night of the week, man. I'm a fan of the Chili Peppers, the Foo Fighters, all these bands. But when you interview them, you, you can still be a fan, but you, you do have a job to do. Yeah. Sure. I, I think, I think it's interesting. Cause I think Tom Power had sent when we interviewed him like a while ago too, he had mentioned yeah. like, you know, you can be a fan of these people, but it's like, you got to remember what your job is. And in his case, you know, employed with CBC, at the, and I think he still is, but like, you yeah. know, you can't, yeah. you can't, if someone's here on your show and you're going to like skip over the question that people want asked, it's kind of like, yeah, I get it. Like, it's like having for me, if I had Conan O'Brien on and you don't yeah. talk about the tonight show, people are going to be like, what happened? Why didn't you? It's like, oh, right. Cause you were a fanboy and you didn't, it's like, no. And then like, no, it absolutely was. So he's like, there's time that you have to ask people tough questions and you don't necessarily feel comfortable with it. Right. But you know, if right. you don't, there's going to be people, especially in the world we live in now in social media, they're going to come after you and be like, what you, happened? You, why didn't you, you, br- why didn't you go for it? Yeah, you just save those questions to the end, right? I want to ask you too, because when you're talking about obviously like tough questions, do you remember like any kind of tough questions through either through ET, through much music, or obviously we're going to get into what you do now as well, but like Mm-mm. anything that you remember of like, oh, like I don't really want to ask this, but if I don't, yes, someone's yes. going to be in my ear saying what happened. 
Yes. Oh gosh, that that happened a handful of times. I remember because we'd go over our questions before I'd go to a junket or before I was sitting down with someone to interview them. Now this happened more at ET Canada. So there would be be actors or actresses that got themselves into a little bit of hot water here or there, whatever whatever the case may be. And of course, our producers want the juice. They want the meat. They want the real story. And there were those moments where, okay, now I'm left with it. I have to ask this person the question that my producer wants me to ask. I've had a great interview with them. And now I got to unload yeah. this awful question that, that they're going to probably just get up and walk away from. I can't remember now off the top of my head what the question was or who it, who it was, but I re do remember getting into those situations and, and, and going back to my producer and saying, I just ran out of time or, or not lying and saying, <laughs> you know, I had to pass all my questions through their publicist. And that was the question that they just wouldn't let me ask. Yeah. So, so yeah, there was a lot of pressure to ask those questions. And, and, and we're talking about questions that they were going to ruin relationships with the, the person and the brand that I worked with. So why even go there? That's weird. Like, so yeah. if, if it's going to ruin the relationship with the brand and the person, you would think that the people that want to want you to ask that question would look and would, say, why? Right. Like, right. Right. They, Is it like, worth it? Is it worth yeah. getting that one answer for that one interview and then you know years to come in the future that person is saying oh yeah it's it's going to be rick from et canada coming or et canada oh no we're going to pass on them because they yeah. asked that question back yeah pro well producers they wear that hat of they just want that juicy gossipy type answer to things yeah. half the time these celebrities aren't going to answer that question or they're going to play it off or something like Whatever the case may be, they're not going to get what they're looking for. The producer's yeah. not going to get what they're looking for. I just you know? like sometimes I wonder who that target audience really is. Cause I mean, I know coming back, they're to out when, there. They're out. Yeah. Like it's just weird. Cause when I, when I'm growing up and listening to like music interviews, and I know you're probably like 10, 11, listening to like Backstreet Boys or Timberlake in an interview, but it's like, I'm just looking and being like, all right, like I'm just interested that you're on TV and yeah. someone's asking you questions. But I guess when you're older, you kind of want to know it. But like, I look at the magazines that you go at like shoppers or like when you go to Walmart and it's like, what is Meghan Markle doing now? I'm like, she's probably just being Meghan Markle. Why do I like leave her alone? But there's definitely yeah. someone out there like, yes, I want to know what's going on with her and the royal family. It's like, yeah, yeah but of what difference does it make to you? It's like, all right, worry about your neighbor next door and see if they're okay. <laughs> Brian, that, that's how half those, the majority of those shows survive. There's people that want to know what Demi Moore was up to when Ashton Kutcher wasn't with her. Like, you know, yeah, it's uh, sure it's Ashton like, Kutcher's moved on. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but I remember bringing that up with Ashton Kutcher for one of the junkets. I think Demi was at Tribeca uh, that same weekend when I was in LA interviewing Ashton. We had cameras at Tribeca. Something happened with Demi. They wanted me to bring that up with Ashton. And I remember his answer, like, are, are you, are your people following my wife around? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, but some people wanted to know what Demi was up to without Ashton, you know, or but especially, it's gotta be, she, it's gotta know, be especially weird. Bruce Willis was around. <laughs> yeah. Know. Like it's gotta be weird though. Cause I mean, sometimes obviously as you grow up, you put it in different perspectives, but like, imagine if you were sitting down here right now with me 
and I asked you what's Angie up to, and then you're just like, all right, oh. she's probably out around. I'm like, actually, we have a camera shot of her right now. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. why? Why right. do you have a camera shot of my? Or even worse, when it's like your kids, what are your kids up to? Like, one's at school, right. actually. Actually, we have them filmed right now, skipping yes. school. You're yeah. like, what are you doing? Why are you following my kids? Exactly, exactly. But that's, but, so you could just imagine the reaction of some people. But but in this day and age, I, I'm not surprised. There's cameras yeah. everywhere. We all have a camera attached to our hip. So there's footage of everything all the time, all day long. And and I think people crave that. Obviously, you know, they, they crave it. Some people, you know, you and I m may be totally different. I don't, you know, if you were to ask me about my wife, I, I, I'm an open book, man. I like <laughs> talking about, you know, my wife and my kids and my, yeah. my family. So, but some people, you know, some people are a little more private. You know, some people want or don't want people to know about what other people are doing in their lives. I guess it's like, I guess a bit of the personality and a bit of like, yep, I, I, I feel yeah. like we grew, I grew up on, even though I'll say Backstreet Boys and saying Christina Aguilera, like I'll look back and stuff on Instagram where they show like Christina Aguilera bringing Eminem to the stage when they had their beef. And I'm like, all right, like I kind of remember this as a kid, but don't really remember the beef. But now like, right. I, I guess I'm growing up in the area where it's like, every time Selena's on an interview, someone has to bring up Bieber. And I mean, it yeah. comes to the point where it's, when you're at the beginning, you're like, yeah, I kind of wonder how she feels about Bieber. But at this point, I'm like, can you just not? Yeah. Like, you, don't you, relate you, her to Bieber. No, She's you let Selena. that <laughs> come out naturally. If Selena wants to talk about Justin while yeah. you're having an interview with her. And that's the, that's the beauty of interviews. Like, you build up that friendship with that person sitting across from you. And if they want to go there, they go there. That makes for a wonderful interview. It's yeah. coming out naturally. You're not forcing it out of someone. That that person isn't like, you know, white knuckled about things they don't that they don't want to talk about. It's and obviously it works when you have more time with with people. Like when we used to yeah. do junkets, we'd get four minutes, four minutes with a celebrity. It was in and out. Like and it was tough, man. You had to instantly become friends with them, win them over somehow, and get the best out of them in the next three and a half minutes yeah it was, it was, it was it, tough it was tough i can imagine like it's funnier to me because i like to learn things on the fly i like obviously you know doing internships you learn that way too but i just find learning on the fly is a lot better so i like when someone no doubt, gives yeah. me like a 20 minute interview compared to like a 50 minute i'm kind of like okay what things do i want to get in and out of a 50 yeah. minute i feel like it's a little bit more personal it's a little bit mm, more like mm, mm. take your time with 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, what's the topics we have to hit? What do we got to discuss? Let's get it done. So then now if there's extra minutes, yes, we can get a little bit personal. For sure. I feel, like, for sure. I feel like when someone gives you like 10 to 15 minutes in my mind, I'm like, oh shit. Like I've got three questions. Hopefully you're not a big talker so that we can get through <laughs> these. But exactly. It's It can yeah. be tough. I remember some interviews I'll look back at now and I'll say like, okay, did we really discuss a lot of things? And some people will be like, well, why am I going to listen to a podcast where you didn't really? And I'm like, you're right. But I guess the beauty for that is to me, it's like, if you want to go listen to someone talk about their career and all that, there are other podcasts like for that. You have to yeah. find your way of marketing. Like that was the struggle. I think for me early on was to find a market of like, all right, yeah. I want to talk to these celebrities. But for most part, it was like, I want to talk to him. If you listen, I could care less. But now it's like, all right, I want you to listen so that <laughs> yeah. you understand what's going on here. And then yeah, some people yeah. will come back and be like, 
I think it's still on like Apple podcasts where it's a review where it's like, this host was not great. These acts deserve better. Uh, and it's like a year old. And I'm like, you know what? To you maybe, but to someone else, they're probably like, I like the fact that he didn't spend 40 minutes just talking about what they're doing now. It's a general conversation. And I think that's where my market started to be like, we yep. just have conversations. Like People will still label them interviews, but I'm like, they're not really questions. I'm not here with a piece of paper going, let's ding, ding, ding. I'm like, right. all right, tell me, tell me about what you're doing. No, it's a totally different setup for sure. Yeah. You, you know, there are interviews where you got to get in and out and ask the questions. And then there's interviews that aren't interviews. Like you said, they're conversation. Yeah. We're chatting, we're catching up, you're doing whatever. And it makes you more relaxed. And, and you, you've seen the way you've evolved over the years too. Um, yeah. You said at first you were just doing yeah. this for you because you were a big fan of it. And that's, that's amazing. That's awesome. But yeah. now as your market grows and your exposure and you, you want to reach more people, well, you're honing, you're honing that in a bit more it's, to what yeah. people need to hear about this person too. Yeah. Like I feel like you can find for me, and, and I know there are people out there that will say, all right, and this is why sometimes people don't become as successful as they do, because like you were mentioning with PR, PR kind of kind of guide you of like, okay, ask these questions. Don't ask this where yeah. I don't have, and it's no offense to anyone who does, but I don't have someone down my throat, like a label saying, if yeah. you do that, they're not coming on. I'm like, okay, well that'll be on me. If I ask the question, that person gets mad. That's on me. That's on but, you. Yeah, for like, sure. You yeah. know, if they, if just say, if you had Ed Sheeran on and you said, you mentioned something that he did not want to talk about, but you're like, I'm going to take a shot at this. And if they come back and say no, and he's not coming on, I'd be like, all right, the silver lining is you had him on for one interview, but then you bite the bullet and be like, you're never going to get him on again. So are you comfortable with that? My approach, Brian, would be build up a rapport with the person, build up a great camaraderie with this person in that time that you have them. Yeah. And if they want to come out and start talking about things that you're thinking that you're going to be asking them eventually, but if they just start spilling yeah. the beans, you know what I'm saying? Like that, and that's happened before you yeah. can, you can sit down with someone after a few minutes and, and they could feel like, man, this guy feels like my best friend here. I can yeah. really open up to this person, but that makes for those golden nugget moments. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and then once you get past that interview and that situation, well, then the next time with that person, it's just going to be smooth sailing. And then you, you're almost feeling like to yourself, like we can open up to just about any can of worms with this person because they're, they, they've, they sort of trust you at that point and yeah. they want to talk to you. They want to talk to someone about this that's going on and, and, and they get to pick and choose. Well, I'm going to talk to Brian about this because we have such a great camaraderie now that we can just chat, have a conversation and, the people listening, well, this is what they want to hear, you know? Yeah. So that's why you, that's why you chose this podcast to announce that uh, you and Angie are now divorced. And now we have a, now this is our camera <laughs> no. shot to Angie. No, <laughs> <laughs> not at all, man. No, no, that's not happening. No, no, no. We just celebrated nine years of marriage. <laughs> I want to, no. I want to ask you like now that road once before. Yeah, no, yeah, that that's fair. I want to ask you about a different marriage. I'll call it more of a bromance because I did see a post where you shared with George Strombo. Uh, I, oh, I, I call him Strombo because yeah. we're close. We're best friends Strombo? now. Yeah, yeah. Are you? Yeah. Good, no, man. That's definitely great. not. No. He's nice. He's nice. He but came on. But that's the thing but... with George. Yeah. He, he, you, can, you, you feel like you're his best friend because he gives you the time and he's that warm with people. Yeah. You know? It's it's funny because I, I want to ask when we had him on, and I think you'd agree to this, but 
like I feel with Strombo, there's a lot of when I was younger and I did say this, so it's not like this is something that he hasn't heard. I was like, I was kind of terrified when Strombo came on because it was like the piercings and I'm a kid going like, <laughs> this guy's giving me music news that I don't care about because it's like metal and I'm just like, what the hell? Just but give there me... were people out there that cared about me. Absolutely. But as a kid, so, you don't, yeah. you don't, it's just your own bubble, your own world. So I remember telling him when he got, as he got older, I was like, I liked watching his interviews on the hour. I found them intriguing, but I asked him when he was like at much music, like, tell me what your experience was at much. And he's like, if you weren't, he's like, it's different than today. People are on like our TikTok. They're looking for fame. They're looking for the attention. And I was like, that's fair. Now they, they could be like my summarized words, but he's like at much, you had to be about something. If you weren't about something or didn't feel passionate about it, you, we know he's like people would pick up on it and you'd be gone because yeah people would see right through it i'm like that's kind of what i feel like sometimes we miss in this world where there's people that are like doing things just to do them just to but do without them. Yeah. without actually having kind of an interest in it like if i'm looking for an act to come on and i'm basically saying to that pr i'm a fan i've like i i've bought a cd i've done this and this and this and then they come back and be like what's the reach and i'm like mm -hmm. okay but if you have someone that has the reach, maybe they'll do the interview and they might not give a shit. So like, what do you want more? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want someone that's passionate and into genuinely sincerely into what your artist does or, yeah. or you, you want to be put with someone that just wants numbers and follows and likes and all that stuff. It's, it's, you know what, back then we didn't have to worry about that problem. Exactly. No social media. Back when I started in the mid nineties and George, when we listen, man, we lived music. We, Honest to God, like when I was in Toronto, I'm from Hamilton, as you know, originally, but when I made the move to Toronto for my job, I was in heaven. Like Toronto is <laughs> the mecca of, of rock and roll, of all genres of music. And I got to see live music every night of the week, Brian. I was in heaven and, and, and I lived, I, I was so passionate, you know, not as much these days, I'm getting older, it's a different yeah. time, I got a big family. <laughs> but back then in my twenties, when I was at much, I was at the concert venues every night. I was rocking out to the bands that were up on stage. And then the next day I was interviewing or whatever the case may be. Maybe I never got to interview them. I just wanted to see this band, but we, we were living it, man. We yeah. were so deep in it. We, we ate and breathed music. We knew everything that there was to know about it, like to tell you the truth, but that was our world. We needed yeah. to, that was our job as well. You know, we were VJs and we, if we didn't know music, gosh, we were gone. Like there were six or seven of us at a time on that, that we really needed to shine. And, and it just came naturally to most of us because George, myself and T, we, we were into the music bill. Like we were in, we lived it, you yeah. know? So, so that made it easy for us talking about music, talking about music videos, talking about talking to music directors about their approach it was a wonderful it was a wonderful time and it was a magical time it's it's to totally different now it's it's all about well everyone wants to be a star and everyone is a star <laughs> yeah. with, with TikTok and instagram and with a mobile device it's and, that, and that's cool that's cool i'm not knocking anybody on that but we didn't have the resources yeah. as many of them back in the 90s uh, let alone the eighties when Steve yeah. Anthony and Christopher Ward and, and Michael Williams were doing their thing and Erica M, you know, like, no, we, we wanted to be there. We were passionate about what we were doing. And I think it came across, especially when bands came to town.
It's like, you know what? You're fair because you won't knock it. I will. I knock TikTok all, all the time because it's like, <laughs> I look at it and I'm just still uh, like, okay, some of these are good. Some of these remind me of like maybe Vine. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Remember, I, that, like, I like that content. But then there's some that's a TikTok where it's like the voiceover of a robot where it's like, I was at the park one day and this happened. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. why does that have 20,000 views? Because a dog jumped over another dog. I'm like, uh, it's interesting, but. I don't understand, but okay. It's the world we live in now, and, and that's happening because I read something the other day because it was the anniversary of iPhone or whatever. There's, there's over what two billion of these iPhones around yeah. out there, and and social media is everywhere, and and TikTok and YouTube, and and that's why there's twenty thousand views on something that's so yeah. It's just really? kind of like it, so, it came man, across, yeah. it came across yeah. my timeline. I guess yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. but I don't feel like. I, I feel like it's like a false kind of sense of I'm not gonna say it's oversaturation is what it is. It's yeah, but it's saturation of visuals. It, it's like I feel like and now I could be speaking to my for someone like myself, but you know, when you go on Instagram or you go on Twitter and then you see like the like button or the comment, and I know people when we were in high school that would get like 60 likes in a photo and it's just a photo, and then someone would graduate from like university and like had the shittiest of upbringings and it has like two likes and one comment that says congrats and you're like yeah and then people look at that and they're like but that's my value i'm like no the thing that you just graduated with that's, that's your value huge now yeah. use that and don't worry that someone had two likes because years later that likes not going to matter it matters yeah. what you do with what you did but great it's great just, great great words right there Amazing. yeah but it's like people look at it and go like well, I didn't get 60 likes. I'm like, okay, yeah. but in years time, if you look back and be like, yeah, I got 60 likes and you brag about having 60 likes, no one's going to care. They're going to be like 60 likes on what? And they're like, do, oh, do, you, do you see the pressure society is putting on these people to, yeah. to acquire likes, to acquire comments? It's, it's crazy insane to me. And that pressure leads to mental conditions. It, it, yeah. It's just, it, it, you know, it, it's terrible where we're going with this and i feel so like we're a lot older i feel so bad and my heart breaks for the young ones that are relying on likes and comments yeah. to to up their self-esteem it's sad we need to build these people up but but they don't need to rely on likes and comments and all this it's just to me man and to you and you you've said it it's just so sad what it's come it to Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, 4Kids Flashback. 4Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Hello, I'm Wendy Mesley. There you are. A lot of people have wondered what happened to you. I could say the same about you, Maureen Holloway. 
Well, here we are a few years after we left our previous jobs. We've been busy. We have a podcast. I know you're thinking who doesn't, but ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors, activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden, Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn, Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us, Women of Ill Repute. I want to ask you now, of course, like we've, we've gone pretty much a little bit over what we did in the past, discussed a few things which I thought is interesting because they're conversation pieces as, as it is. I'm sure people at the beginning will be like, man, I, I could really use not listening to the kidney stone piece. I'd be like, I could use not having the kidney stones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but exactly. Tell me a little bit about more like your latest gig now because you're back in radio. You've, you've done radio yeah. before, but like tell me like how excited or how thrilled you are for it now and like the different perspective of when you first got into it compared to now. No, it's it's the most amazing gig, and I I'm so excited, <laughs> honest to gosh, I, I'm I, I I'm excited to wake up at three thirty every morning. You know, call me crazy, but it, it's it's a it's a it's a gig that it's it, it's the right fit finally for me. It's not a big corporation. It's a small independent family run radio station Z one zero three five and. The people are genuine. There's no politics. There's no backstabbing or talking behind this person. That's back. no fun it, at all. Normally, it's kidding. all family. <laughs> and, and 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 I I very you know working with big corporations, it was totally different. It's a different beast. So I'm loving it, man. I started back in mid November, and I love it. I, I'm I'm paired with uh, a, a radio veteran. Sandra Crawford, who's been doing it now for many, many years in all different markets all across Canada. So she is the radio pro. I'm just this TV guy stepping in. Although, like you said, I have done some radio in the past uh, on the edge in Toronto. You know, I, I did some uh, some radio for, with Chin, which is an Italian multicultural radio station in Toronto. And that gig was all volunteer. I just wanted to give a bit back to the Italian yeah. community. And then when I was at Much, we we obviously did the the Much Music Countdown on Chum Chum FM, which was is a big station in Toronto as well. So yeah, I, I dabbled into it, but I I never found a perfect fit. Like I'm talking perfect fit where this is my only gig. It's my full time only gig. Like in the past, I was moonlighting when I was on the edge with ET Canada or when I was with Chin, I was with ET Canada, you know, Chum, I was with much music. This is my sole gig now. And, and I love it, man. I, I get up early. I'm there early and I'm back home early to spend the day with my wife. And when the kids are home, we spend the day together as a family. So it's, it's the best of every world. If you can imagine that. And it's, it's, it's a gig that I've always wanted. I've always wanted a situation like this. You know, I leave the home, I leave our home here at, at 4.30 every morning and I'm back by like 10.30 and the day's just beginning for us here as a family. And it's, it's, it's absolutely perfect. You know, and, and, and then going back to that whole 
live element that we had at Much Music and we talked about, well, it's all live. You know, we don't record anything. Everything from 6 till 10 a.m. is live. It's out there. We talk. We, we talk to our listeners. We have a ton of fun. We play music that they love. And we play all sorts of genres. You know, I think we played some 41 this morning. And we'll play Stevie B, <laughs> you know, in the same hour. It's crazy. We have this hour called Way Back, Wake Up. And people go way back to the 90s uh, and we'll we'll play music that we haven't heard in years so it's it's a wonderful gig thank you for asking me about it it's you know for the first time in my life i can genuinely say i'm absolutely in love with what i you know sure i felt that way at much yeah, yeah. It, was my, it was my first stab at a gig you know leaving university but as i go through life and i get older in life and i'm in my 50s now I absolutely love everything about this gig that I'm doing right now. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm honored to be there. This is see, this is where like the paparazzi part of me will take what you just said. And then the quote of like Rick Campanelli said, he never really liked much music. And this was the perfect <laughs> gift of his whole life. And then people were like, that's clickbait. I am watching it. And then they listen to what you actually said. They'd be like, he didn't say that at all. I'd be like, no, the, I got the, you to listen. The, the good thing about Yeah. I know what you're saying the good thing, the headline, right? The yeah. good thing about all my past gigs is that, I've um, I've genuinely loved everything that I've done since leaving university. You know, prior to leaving university, like I wasn't in as I wasn't into removing asbestos as much, or yeah. delivering telephone books for seven cents a book, or doing all those jobs. But I can genuinely say I've fallen into uh, careers and, and and jobs that I've loved. I've loved. I'm saying now that I I'm I'm at this point in my life and in my career that I. I I, I would take this over anything right now, be you know uh, those other jobs that I had because it's a different time for me in life and um, it it allows me more more time more flexibility. I can you can say what you want to say on radio on live radio and there's there's no one watching over you like there was at some other jobs that I've held. Yeah. But what's coming out of my mouth is me. It's Rick Campanelli. Like at ET Canada, maybe I was seventy percent me. Yeah. And, and my wife's in the background right now. And she she was one of my producers at ET Canada, and she's probably agreeing with me right now. Like, <laughs> we we were able to thumbs up. She's giving me the thumbs up. Like, we had producers, and we had to say this, we had to say that. You know, we could be ourselves too. But this job uh, as a radio host right now is giving me everything that I've ever wanted. It's you know, sorry to keep going on this. this no, answer, no. But, I mean, uh, I I'm mean, really, I'm really into what I'm doing these days. I, I love it. I think I think your kids played you very well because they just came into the shot and then they just kind of stared right into the camera, like as if they got like, "Who is he talking to? Uh, <laughs> who's this guy? Yeah, this doesn't like, look like Eminem." Yeah, no. yeah like, who who is he talking? Who is this guy? Like, who's he interviewing now? And why is he doing it from home? I I want to ask you though, like, you know, because I think I remember seeing when you got this gig. I think yeah. one of the first interviews that I was kind of intrigued with, and I know I'm in Newfoundland, but the power of like radio and media, you can kind of listen to all stations anywhere. Yeah, um, sure. I think you like landed, I think it was like, I could be wrong, but it was like Nick Carter, I think you had on as a, a guest at yeah. one point. I reached out to Nick. Nick. Well, these are the relationships you make over the years when you talk to bands and artists so many times, you become you know, become friends with them, yeah. you know, acquaintances, I guess. You exchange numbers here and there. And and thank God that happened because good people remember good people. You know what I'm saying? When I reached out to Nick, when I found out he was doing great things for this pediatric cancer hospital in Las Vegas, well, I, yeah. I, I thought to myself, and I, 
I asked my co-host, like, let's reach out to Nick and maybe he'll want to, you know, spread the word and talk about this event that he's doing. And just like that, Brian, I received yeah. a text back from Nick saying, yeah, I'm into this. Let's, let's talk about it. When can we do this? So it was wonderful. Nick came on. I wish we could have had him a lot longer. Yeah. He, was, he was so pro. And, you know, I've seen Nick grow throughout the years. Like, I think the first time interviewing Nick in the mid-90s, he was 16, 17. Yeah. He was the youngest member of the Backstreet Boys. But now he's got a family. He's got kids. He's, he's helping raise money for pediatric hospitals like this is nick carter from the backstreet boys who's saying and continues to sing quit playing games with my heart but no he's become he's evolved into an amazing person uh, he always was but now he's giving back as much as he can but yeah he's, we, he's uh, like a, he's like a pokemon right like when you first catch yeah. it and then it's like you evolve no <laughs> <laughs> but that's the beauty of keeping in touch with people like I'm on the ra- I'm on a radio station. We play, you know, boy bands. We play Backstreet Boys. If we can get Nick on with us to talk about what he's doing lately, let's do it. And it yeah. just it worked. It, it happened. I think yeah. it's kind of it's kind of interesting you say that because I mean I'm not gonna. I mean it's it's fair game if you want to, but like obviously in your cell phone right now, from the obvious like all the connections that you have, like if you could give like a rough number, like I'm talking about like musicians that we remember do you have like say 20 people that you look in your phone book right now or phone book in your uh and be like like, you know what if i want this person on i just send them a text and they might come on i just you know what before i got on with you yeah uh i found out that there's some changes in a tv show are happening and we talked about it on on the radio this morning and i just happened to keep in touch with this gentleman and I just reached out to him. Yeah. Now, I've been on with you for the past hour and a bit. So I'm hoping that there's, there's a reply, <laughs> a text back from him waiting for me saying, yeah, let's, let's talk about uh, my new gig. But that's, that's, it's, it is an amazing thing when, when you talk to someone, an artist, uh, you know, a musician, uh, an actor, and then, and then the next thing you know, it's like, here, take my number, put it in your phone. I really like the way this went. If there's if there's an opportunity in the future to do this again, yeah, I want to make sure it happens. So yes, and and I love that. I love that. I'm not I'm not saying uh, I just love the fact that people o- open up the way they do. It, it it just makes you know approaching them that more simpler because you don't have to go through PR <laughs> PR people or publicists or people that are usually going to uh, shoot yeah. things down. You know what I'm saying? You can you can go right to the to the source, right, right to the horse herself or himself, and <laughs> and get a yes or no. That, yeah, that's simple. That's basically it. You know, you build up these relationships with these people over the years, and and you're you're put in that position of reaching out to them directly now, and and so it's, like, it's worked for me. How do you? I, I'm just curious from like someone like myself that I I feel like there's going to be like an audience out there like you know he does his own interviews and he's asking another guy how he gets it done, but I mean that's kind of how you learn. But I mean like. At what point, because I know sometimes when I have acts on, if it's like a hockey player, I don't know. I feel like more comfortable with like hockey players or like sports athletes where you're like, you know what? Like, do you mind if we exchange an email or text? And sometimes they'll like say no. And then you're like, all right, that's fine. Sometimes they say yes. But I'm wondering like for you, when, when that, what, like what point of the stage in the relationship do you say, Hey Nick, can we exchange numbers? I, I always, I always, um, made sure, especially if, if the artist came back, you yeah. know, 
numerous times. Like I remember, I remember good Charlotte. I remember becoming good friends with the brothers and, and I was, I was on almost on my way out of much music at the time. And I remember the good Charlotte used to come in a ton and you build this friendship with them. And I remember asking uh, the brothers, I go, you know, I, I'm leaving much. And I didn't know what my next step was. I, I, I thought I was going to do a talk show and I was pitching ideas to different networks. And, and I remember asking them guys, can we keep in touch? Because I want you to be the first guest on my, my talk show if it happens. Yeah. And they said, listen, we've, we've loved the way we've interacted over the years in all our interviews. We'd be honored to be your first guest. Now, listen, that never went anywhere. Yeah. The talk show never, you know, saw the, the light of day. But when you when you talk to someone so often and you build up a friendship, not just a working relationship, but an actual friendship as well, good people are willing and they yeah. want to help you out on the next chapter or the next, you know, for you and for I, what we do now, it's like, listen, I had, so, I had such a great time with you. Would you mind if we exchanged phone numbers or emails? Because when that next opportunity comes up in the future, I'd love to sit down with you and, and, and ask you questions about it. And that's the simplest way of doing it. And if they like you, if they liked what they've experienced in the half hour or hour, yeah. you know, 99% of them are going to say, yes, let's exchange. Cause we want to do this again. It's fun. You know, I just think it's interesting. Cause I, I, I brought that point up just because I remember the first time trying to get you on and I know we've had you on an episode 48 and now it's been, I think it's like a hundred odd episodes later. Yeah. You've uh, done so many amazing interviews you're, you're, since, you're, and, you know, you really have. But it's funny because when we asked, I was like, how I remember Googling like Rick Campanelli contact. And it's like, you know, then you see like, it's like, oh, yeah, well, you pay him five hundred dollars and he'll come speak to you. I'm like, I don't want to pay him five hundred dollars just to come speak. I'm <laughs> what? Like, like, it's like it was like at this point, it was like a I, website that it was like for a speaking engagement and all this. And like there were other people there, too. Like if you looked up, say, Brian Williams. It's like, yeah, oh, that, your... that, that would have been the National Speakers Bureau yeah. or the Atlantic Speakers Bureau. Yeah. So oh, I was those, those speaking agencies. Yeah. Yes. So yes, I was yes. like, okay, I'm not doing that. And then I just kept on searching and I don't even know really how I got the contact. I think it was like through ET. I think at that think point. It was. Yeah. Cause and it was way before were... social media. Yeah. Yeah. And then ET was like, all right, like we'll reach out to him and see. And then I was like, okay. And I think eventually I followed you on Twitter, Facebook, like Instagram. And then I, I think it just started with a few years after that interview, I sent you like a, I think something on Instagram, maybe just like a, Hey, or, you know, yeah, here's an episode yeah. that we did with Rick and then you retweeted it or shared it. And I was like, all right, like, let's see, let's see how Rick Campanelli really is. So then I just started sending like, Hey Rick, how's it going? What's up? And then I was like, he's probably going to be like, can, can this guy leave me alone now? <laughs> and then I was <laughs> no. like, Oh, it's like, Oh, he's okay. He's friendly. Like, I feel like we're buddies, but at the same well, point it, it takes sometimes for me now, other people would be like, how dare you talk to Rick Campanelli after your interview? What are you doing? But I'm like, for me, it's almost like that's how you'll find out what exactly relationship you have with someone. Like I know with some acts that we've had on, they're like cordial. You see them in person, you'll talk to them. But you also know like, all right, this isn't a person I'm going to send a message at like two in the morning and be like, hey, yeah. loved your yeah. concert last night. They'd be like, can you only message me when we're both needing something? I'm like, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it's my it's my absolute honor to you know, and I know you've been at it for years now, but, but listen, when I was first starting out, I needed as much help as I could get. I, I would ask for help and advice 
to the other BJs, the producers, because I was new to that world. I, I'm a phys ed grad and I was going to go on to be a, a, a phys ed teacher. So to, to dive into a world where I, that I really basically know nothing about, I wanted all the help. So, and now I'm in the position where I can offer advice and, and try to help someone along if they're passionate about what they're doing like, like you years ago. And I would never say no to, to those opportunities because I'm putting myself in your shoes. If that was me yeah. trying to reach out to someone, I'd want that person to say, yeah, I, I'll give you 20 minutes. Let's talk, let's do it. And it just, it, it, you gotta, you gotta help your, your fellow man, you know, yeah. in this world, uh, everyone can use the help, especially for, you know, getting started out in, in the business or whatever it is. I wish I had, there were more people like that back in the day, but. Well, I mean, for as cheesy as it sounds, I mean, to kind of wrap it up here as well, but for as cheesy as it sounds like when you did that for me, like, I mean, I'm a Newfoundlander born and raised anyway. I feel like it's instilled in our blood where it's like, you didn't help your neighbor. Okay. Get, take his Newfoundland card away. Right. How dare he not? Right. That's name. right. But like, oh, I you remember, guys are some of the nicest like, people <laughs> in Canada out there. Yeah. But I, I remember when you, when you reached or like when you reached out and helped me, there was like, I think maybe two years later, someone from Newfoundland that was like a person with disability starting their own podcast reached out to me asking what equipment and stuff that they needed. And like, right. I was like thinking about like the way they worded the email. And I, I know sometimes you want to put yourself over and be like, all right, like, you know, especially with PR, you want to put yourself as like, listen, I'm going to be like a great thing in the future, maybe. But you don't put it that way. You're probably like, I'm going to be good. So let me do an interview. <laughs> but yeah, 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 the way yeah. they put it, the way they put it in an email was like, oh, this person has seen so many interviews. They really liked you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this person's making me think I'm Conan O'Brien here. So I was like, if I come back and be like, no, actually, I'm so much better off. Then I feel like I feel a little bit shitty because yeah, I was sure. in that situation 1.2. And I yeah. remember actually doing like a Zoom chat. And this is like, wait, I told you I'm not a big Zoom person, but this is the only way at the time that they did Zoom. And yeah. I remember when she was on, she was like very nervous because she had someone helping her kind of communicate. And I remember telling them like, take all the time you want. I'm, I've got like three hours allotted here for you. I know yes. it's not going to take three hours, but sometimes it's just that comfort zone of letting people know, like, I, I know what you might think I am because of like mm -hmm. how interviews go or you think it's yeah. so professional, but being a little bit humble or like letting people know, like I make mistakes too. I'm looking for help along the way makes them more human oh right no doubt about it that's the so, bottom line it really i does. mean I, I feel like if you didn't have to read if you didn't have to reach out to me i'd be like rick campanelli didn't help me out so why the fuck would i help you out and then they'd be like <laughs> i'm like i gotta rest I, I don't know why you're so mean yeah. to me i'd be like this is all rick's fault <laughs> it's all rick it all comes back to rick saying no to me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, but then i feel like newfoundland would just be like there'd be a, like a red dot going around like you know searching for me of like why didn't you help this person out you are now banned off to like I don't know, like Alberta. And I'd be like, wow, <laughs> why Alberta? They'd be like, well, that's where the Newfoundlanders go when they don't, when they want to work they, in oil. <laughs> <laughs> plus, yeah. plus getting back to why I said yes to you could have, could have something to do with us coming out to Cornerbrook all those yeah. years for our snow job shows. Like, listen, yeah. man, like yeah. Newfoundlanders, like you're the, you're the salt of the earth. Like you people are such amazing welcoming hospitable friendly like the list goes on and on and on and on we don't know what i i learned this in ontario but it's like we don't really know what the hey there's boundaries 
I'm saying that very politely because it's like, well, yeah. I don't know. It's it's almost like the, I think a joke that Shama Jundar, a comedian down here makes is like, you yeah. know, there's a difference when you ask a mainlander compared to someone from the East coast for like directions, a mainlander would just be like, it's to the left. And they don't even care. They'll just look and be like, did he go to the left? I don't care. He's gone on my site. <laughs> A Newfoundlander's like, where do you, where do you got to go? You got to go to the shopping mall. You got to go buy a toothbrush. I got a toothbrush. You want to bore my toothbrush? And it's like, I don't want to bore your toothbrush. Why would I want to bore your? I'm just helping you out, man. You got to brush your teeth. Like, come on, sir. Boundaries, please. Yeah, 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 yeah. But 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 so warm, so friendly. She was just more or less like, let's shine some light on this subject. He looks a little bit dead. No. <laughs> and, and Brian, if you could smell what I'm smelling right now, Angie has just cooked a oh. gourmet meal. Okay. I thought that Talk was getting ready for a, a rock promo there. If you smell, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm the luckiest right now. Listen, like, the, honey, what is it by the way? Oh, did you hear what she, pasta with a bolognese? Okay, well, don't tell her that I'm not a fan because then she'll probably you see like the scream thing where she comes in. The... Yeah. <laughs> you're not a fan with uh, you're not a fan of pasta with bolognese. Come on, bro. no, I, I'm just not a fan of your wife's cooking. No, I'm only kidding. Oh yeah, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, you would be if you tried it. Oh, no, no. It's so good. No, I know you're joking. I know. Yeah. Rick, to close it off, I know we're still in a pandemic, but what are some things that you're kind of looking forward to or goals that you have? And I believe no matter what age you are, you still have goals. I say that as 30 and people are like, you got to be done with your goals. I'm like, no, I have goals. Why are you being yeah. so mean? Well, I think our goal right now, and I, I'm going to bring my wife into this too, as parents, our goal is to raise our boys. Our, our two young guys right here, Jack and Harrison, are uh, going to be six and eight very soon. And we are here as parents to teach them right from wrong. We're here to teach them values and morals and to be good people and to be good people to other people. And we want to instill that in them at a young age right now because they're going to take that through life with them. You know, I'm being honest with you. That, that is one of my major goals right now. At 50, the age of 52, I just want to pass on what I know in this world and, and pass it on to my boys and even my 17 year old son, Noah, as well. Like I want them to be the most amazing people that they can be. So that's a huge goal for my wife and I raising our boys and raising them the right way and, and doing it the way we want. Now, in terms of career goals, like I said, I, I've done just about everything. I'm, I'm in my early fifties. Uh, I've really landed in a, in a beautiful situation where I'm, I'm doing this morning show on, on a ter Toronto ra radio station right now. And, and I absolutely love it. And I'm not going to go back and I'm not going to say I, I have regrets because I did want to do a talk show at one point, but listen, it did, it didn't happen. It, you know, the, the, it wasn't in, in the cards for me. But I feel like these days when I bring guests onto my radio show, it, in a way, it's a, it's a small consolation because it's still happening. Yes. I still get to, I'm still getting to interview people. And, and, and I've always loved interviewing people since day one. So those are, the, those are it. You know, it's simple. But, but number one would be, you know, raising our boys the right way and, and getting them ready for that next chapter in their lives when they become older, you know, when they become teenagers, when they become students at university, and, and then that leads to, you know, settling down with with uh, someone and, and starting their own families. It's, it's our number one goal to raise our boys the best way we can. The last thing I want to mention, though, is like, you know, 
obviously get to work on these get to work come on i want to see i want to see i want to see a recap all right. funko pop all right and then i, I want to eat a, i want I mail to me lego figurine that that uh, resembles me i remember uh, a movie company sent it when we did lego uh, batman with will arnett the movie company sent me a little uh rick campanelli uh tv host sitting uh at a, at a on a on a couch with a desk and uh i don't have those but maybe yeah. one day okay brian maybe yeah. one day but i do have yeah. a little lego figurine i don't know maybe yeah. i'll show you that next time we're on together that's that's fair i mean i i would like that and then just like you know place it in my uh, i think me and my nephew and niece have been working on like the friends lego set like we'll, we'll finish cool. it eventually we'll, cool. fin we'll finish it eventually but yeah we'll be like Someone will come by and be like, there's Joey, there's Rachel, there's Phoebe. Why is there another guy on the couch with a mic? I'd be like, that is Rick Campanelli. He never was in the show, but we included him in this set. But we're still friends. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Rick Campanelli for coming on to the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying, thank you for listening and good night. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's blasttheradio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.